Welcome to the Marie Magna Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Good morning and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle and we hope that you're driving, well, if you're driving wherever you are, it could be morning, night, it could be a different season actually because we get people that listen from around the world and we thank you so much for tuning in to the show. You can always go to energyintuitive.com and click to the listen live button on the radio page and listen to the show online or Benny, where can people go to listen to the show? We can go, or we, me, I'm already there, <laughs> 1150kknw.com. Oh my goodness. Right hand side, you'll see all the little, you know, icons and clickery. All the clickery. Oh, I love the clickery. Yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, if you happen to be driving in the Seattle area, you go can go to eleven fifty a.m. and listen to us right on your radio dial. So, if you are driving today, um, yeah, slow down is what Benny is saying. Yeah, is the key today. A little stormy in the Seattle area, (laughs) kind of rainy. So, you know, be safe. Let people in your lane. You know, be nice to each other. And um, slow down Mm -hmm. a little bit and have a good time. Enjoy yourself. We're emerging onto the holiday season. We want everyone to show up at their destinations healthy and well and relaxed. So if you're a little bit late, don't sweat it. Get there safe and sound. That's most important. Right. I was chatting with our guest uh, before we bring her on at the break before. And it's just like, even though there's a lot of mojo to go around, (laughs) sometimes you need to just bring it back a little bit when you're on the road. So. Oh, I love that. Well, yeah. one of the things we get to do on the show or is interview people who I believe are standing on the leading edge of thought and people who are devoted and dedicated to helping the human race to expand in consciousness. And today is one of those lovely days. I've been reading a really great book. It's called The Little Book of Big Mojo. I would not call it The Little Book, by the way. It's a really big book. <laughs> uh, the Secret decoder ring to unleash your superpowers. That's the subtitle to the book. I need some sound effects all the time. Right? And really this book is about one of the main questions that I get every single day in my office or in a class that I'm teaching or on the radio is what is my life purpose and what am I supposed to be doing with my life and how can I live a life full of purpose? So our guest today is Keisha Gallagher. I'm going to say it right. Gallegos. Gallegos. Is that correct? I think that's That's correct. right. Yay! <laughs> Is a certified master life coach, author, speaker, intuitive consultant, and mojo whisperer. No, no, seriously. This is a really fun book. She coaches private clients and groups on life purpose, business, relationships, and spirituality. Keisha lives in Northern California with her family. Welcome to the show, Keisha. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me, Marie. Oh yeah, it's so lovely to have you. It's And I'm hoping that you'll um, use your intuition for any of our callers who call in today um, to the show. Sure. <laughs> so you had to figure out your own mojo yourself, right? So this wasn't like, you know, it's this is something you've been working on, which I always think that um, people who have gone through the trenches of whatever it is that they're talking about, they themselves are incredible teachers because they really know what it feels like when you're in the energy of whatever it is that you're trying to manifest or create or what your client or people that you're taking care of are trying to manifest and create. So you actually had to figure out your own mojo, right? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so so what course. happened? Oh my 
my gosh. Well, you know, beating my head against the wall for about 40 years trying to figure out what is my life purpose. <laughs> and, um, and finally, one day I was at an Oprah conference and I saw Martha Beck, who's a PhD from Harvard and a writer for O Magazine. Right. I saw her, I saw her speaking about being a life coach. And she talked about training her life coaches. And I literally had one of those moments that I know people wait for. And sometimes that doesn't happen. But for me, it actually did, where it felt like I got struck by lightning and the whole world turned upside down. And I went, (laughs) that's what I meant to do. That's the thing. (laughs) Well, you know, Keisha, you point out something really important, you know, how you had this overwhelming, etheric Experience, you know, because you're sitting in an auditorium with, I'm assuming, thousands of people listening to a famous person speak about her life path and passion. And even, and though you had this incredible experience, you know, this kind of lightning bolt of ah moment mm-hmm. for you, um, you're absolutely right. I can speak from personal experience and all the people who I know who are living in their purpose. That's what it's like. It's this really weird moment. Where it's it's kind of like when you fall in love, you know, and you yeah. you know you're with the person that you love, and you think you're the only person in the room, and you could be a crowded room, and everything stops. It, it's kind of like everything starts floating around you in a slow process because you're having an, a divine moment of consciousness, where you know your beautiful gifts and talents are lining up in a way where you can recognize them. And it's a very, very powerful moment. And congratulations. That's And I'm so proud of you for, like, even though I'm sure it was really hard, and your book is so funny, that's why I really want people to read this book, not only because I think the tools and techniques you have are excellent, but Thank it's you. you're welcome. It's funny. I mean, you swear in your book a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, you do. You know, and I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's funny because that's what it feels like when people are trying to create something in their life, you know, like you said, 40 years of banging your head on the wall. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a few. Just no excerpts of that on the air, please. I just want to remain clean. Just making sure. I'll behave. I'll behave. Thank you, Keisha. I was was a teacher. I know how to behave. Oh, good. Yeah. So, so you have this, to, yeah, right. So you have this life-altering moment where you're, you know, sitting in in a chair, and you probably feel like you're the only person in the room in that moment because you're falling in love with yourself. You know, um, that's a cool way to put it. I never really thought of it that way, but I really that that fits. Yeah, there, there's that when people discover whom they are, there's this you know big loving experience that occurs. It's it's really inspiring. So. So you have this thing, and then what happens? And then what happens is then the doubt creeps in. Mm. Who, am, who am I to do this? I don't know if I have enough. Uh, what would I do? To, I don't know. If, I don't know how to run a business. What am I thinking? <laughs> I've never done anything like this before. Uh, it, does that mean I have to be perfect to be a life coach? Does that mean I have to have no problems? And all of those kind of things. So doubts crept in. And then the thought of not doing it was so much Aww. more painful. Aww. Yeah, it was so much more painful than the idea of taking a risk. Wow. So, yeah, it was really amazing. It's that um, that Anais Nin quote about the blossom and, and how it's more painful to stay in the bud than it is <laughs> the bloom. And really, and then I, I really, I saw that quote and it was at the right time and I said, my God, that's exactly how I feel. So, 
Yeah, this is definitely not an ivory tower experience where I've never experienced any pain or suffering. And I just, <laughs> I just knew from age three that this is what I was going to do. So, yeah, no, not that. <laughs> so, so what I find interesting too, and and I and I want to talk about you know your clients and how you help them, and and we can do a little bit of comparing about um, it, what I think is kind of an interesting point is is you actually listened to spirit, you know? So there are people that I know who have discovered their life path. At least I think they have, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm wrong, you know, maybe it's not their life path, but I think they've discovered their life path, but for some reason they're not listening to spirit. So you saw that quote and you actually knew that that was an invaluable message to you. It wasn't, you went, you didn't go, okay, whatever. You know, you went, no, this is meaningful. I need to pay attention to this. This is why I'm in discomfort right now. This is why things are wrong. And, and you took risks and you moved forward regardless of the discomfort, you know, um, from standing still, you know, you pushed yourself. So do you notice this with your clients? You know, do, is part of your coaching, I'm sure the answer is yes, but is part of your coaching to help people to pay attention to those signs and to actually take those steps forward and, and take risk. Absolutely. Yes, because that's the whole point of why I wrote the book, was I wanted people to see that they don't need to wait for a life-altering moment to be able to show them where the where the yummy part of their life is. And wow. so that's why I wanted to have all of these different tools and techniques that now that I found what I was supposed to do, and when I say supposed to, I kind of put that in air quotes. It's the thing that lights me up the most. Ugh. So I just, I think of it that way, not supposed to, like, if I don't, there's something bad. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, any chance we get to shame ourselves, we really take it, don't yeah, we? Yeah, I mean, it's we just quite amazing. Really do. Yeah, so I wanted to take people on a breadcrumb trail through their lives and go, look, look at this sign, look at that sign. Because if I told the story backwards, the way that I became a coach, there were so many signs along the way. Right? That this, yes, <laughs> there were signs along the way, but I didn't know. Ugh. And I didn't, I didn't know that there were life coaches that, I thought that life coaches only worked with famous people. I really had no idea that I was well, at the very beginning of a burgeoning industry. I didn't know. Well, and I think also what's fascinating is just because there's, there's life coaches in the world, it doesn't mean that that's their passion either. You know, it's true, right? You know, passion is a very personal experience. And, and so a, a lot of people are doing things throughout the world, you know, as work conventionally and non-conventionally, and it may not be their passion. Right. So, so I think there's that wonderful, exquisite experience that you had where you had this really great knowing. And then you had that reflection of all of the signs the universe had been showing you. And then you did, you know, one of the most incredible things and what you teach people to do, which I love, is you paid attention to all the signs after that, which is so incredibly important. And I love your acronym for Mojo, you know, magic, original, joyful offering to the world. So beautiful, because that's what life purpose is. Um, I, I would literally do the work I do today for free. Mm-hmm. I actually do sometimes, of course. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm grateful that it, it creates prosperity for me so that I can live my life and have freedoms and joys and feel inspired and rejuvenated so I can continue to do the work. I'm thrilled about that. But I love it so much you know, that I can't imagine myself not doing it. It brings me so much joy. And that's what purpose is about, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that 
when you love something so much that you would do it for free, that's a really good, <laughs> that's a very good indicator that you are in the right territory. I feel the same way. I, in fact, I did do this work for free before <laughs> I realized what I was doing. Right. Um, and I, and I've done it, you know, since then, of course, but right. it's, it's one of those things where it, when you're doing it, you just feel this flow and this energy and this kind of higher, you're, you're operating at a higher level when you're, you know, in your magical, original, joyful offering to the world. It just feels like you're being used in the most positive sense of the word. I couldn't have said it better. One of the things I love about your book is you actually have, um, you prompt people to think and feel things that I don't think they typically even consider. And you even have um, things for them to fill out. And and I'm just going to read a title of one of the things, a, a question you're asking someone to contemplate and then to come up with an answer, which is really profound. Um, name a quality or ability that you are known for and may have even been mocked for, which... Uh, that may sound like a really weird question, but even before I realized I was an intuitive, I was actually reading people all the time, but I was so insecure and, you know, unaware of myself and my abilities. I also had created relationships with a lot of other people who are also unaware. So when I would be asking them a question, they would deny, you know, they would say, no, I don't feel that way. And I would be a little mm-hmm. perplexed. Um, by their feeling, but so I was kind of mocked for it, you know, to being too sensitive, kind of being ag- aggressive because I am direct in my work, which is actually something that really benefits me. And so I find this question, I don't think this is a typical question that, that a healer or life coach, because that's all the same thing in my mind, um, would ask of someone, but I think it's extremely profound. I think so too, because I feel the same way as you do. I was also called way too sensitive, uh, sometimes asked too direct questions, uh, too nosy <laughs> sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, I'm very, I'm, because I'm so curious. Right. I'm so curious. And I, and I genuinely come from a place of wanting to help. And when you're intuitively reading people, which I think all of us are to one degree or another, it's just how aware are you of the process? Um, when you're reading someone, you're feeling into their heart. Mm-hmm. And when what's going on with them, and when they're struggling, you feel it. Mm-hmm. So when you're this big screaming empath, you know you're feeling everybody's feelings, and that can lead to you know depression and different things that um, feel negative because you're just so spongy, <laughs> feeling everybody's everything. So yeah, definitely the too sensitive. I got that too, and I I see a lot of people talking about things like um, oh my gosh, they're 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 mocked for being too uh, too dictatorial. Too uh, they're they're too rigid. They're too they're managed too much. They do mm. too many things. Well, these people are great CEOs, right? They're you know um, right. so there's lots of different things that people think. Oh my gosh, I've been mocked for that my whole life, or wow. people make fun of me for this. And then it turns out, you know what? That might be the best thing about you. It's just something that some people maybe can't handle or don't like, or, you know, sometimes we need to temper it, but I think most of the time that's one of our gifts. So uh, channels in the right place, that can be amazing. I I think you're absolutely right, and I think it's fascinating. This is such an important question for people to contemplate because, of course, the thing that we— that, we, that annoys others, we try to hide and suppress, and yet it could be our greatest mojo. And mm-hmm. and when we have low self-esteem, of course, we're going to attract people in our life who also are not lifting us up. So I think this question is profound beyond words. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Keisha. God, 
I'm, I'm so sorry. Gallegos. Gallegos. Thank you it's, so much. It's a Spanish kind of It's like beautiful. I love it. When, when Benny says it, it just rolls off his tongue so gorgeously. So I'm, I'm well, having... thank you. <laughs> keep and, it. and her wonderful... Gallegos, Gallegos. Yeah. Her wonderful little big book. It doesn't say that, but I'm saying big book. Um, the Big Mojo, The Secret Decoder Ring to Unleash Your Superpowers. We're going to take a break here on the Marie Menu Cherry Show. We'll be right back. Uh. Get out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. Yeah. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt, yeah. Special girl, real good girl. We asked kids what it took to be a dad. This is what they had to say. A father is always present. I mean, what father? What real father figure can you have if they're not there? In order to be a good dad, you need to love love your son. You need to put gas in your car so you don't break down in the middle of nowhere. And you need to make them breakfast. Yep. I mean, just to maybe um, play, like, a board game with me or to just stay home and play um, some video games with me. Just to do, like, that one little thing is what I really look forward to. I'm not asking him to be a perfect dad, but... He should try. He's just a constant force in my life. There's no other type of love like a dad's love because it's not comparable to anything else. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. How can Marie Manucheri help you create a better life? Check out her events page and attend a workshop. Working with Marie is a life-changing experience. If you want to find an effective way to make significant improvements in your life, sign up for a class today at energyintuitive.com. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Alternative Talk 1150 is on the interwebs. Dial us up at 1150kknw.com. I've lost my mojo! And welcome back to the Marie Menu Cherry Show. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Kaisha Gallegos, who is the author of The Little Book of Big Mojo. Um, she has a little disclaimer on her book, um, Warning. This book is powerful and practical magic. Read this book and learn the tools only if you're ready for your life to change for the better. This method has helped hundreds of Kaisha's clients find their mojo. Grab your boots and your cape. Mojo best. Let's roll. Love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. <laughs> So why don't we go ahead to the phone lines? Who do we have? Yeah, and if you'd like to join us, it's, uh, well, a great number. You need to memorize it, or if you haven't already, <laughs> 877-825-8828 is Marie's radio show number. And David from Burien has taken advantage of it. So, David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Benny. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you? Well, I saw you had an appearance, and you told me some... Um, some advice and and it helps a lot so thanks oh you're welcome 
and I'm just trying to kind of think about taking next steps. I'm not worried about it and having uh, you know peaceful joy and all that. But um, but taking steps, steps is hard for you. Would you agree? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. My, yeah, my step grandson is staying with me now, and that's kind of delaying things a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm taking a lot of time, you know, trying to get things done that what we need to we need to get done, and that's that's the most important thing anyway. So, so, um, Keisha, what do you have as some you know some lovely steps that David could take to get his life moving? <laughs> well, first it sounds like, and you know, this is a little bit of intuitive reading, yeah. it sounds sounds like you're up in your head and you're thinking really hard about all of this, and I would like you to think a little less hard, drop into your heart or into your body, you know, doing something with your hands, because Mojo does not wait for the laundry to be done. It's there. It's right there. It's waiting for you. So, wow. I would say, I would say just do something that's creative. Do something with your hands. Move your body. Because up in your head, that is kind of a mojo squasher. If you're thinking really hard about this, it's sort of the opposite of everything we've been taught. Logic is great. It's just not the be-all, end-all. So I would physically do something. And just start anywhere. And then something will start to flow, and it'll start to lead you on a path. Great. Yeah. Great. So, Thanks. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, David. Have a great day. Charge up that mojo. Yeah. Charge it up. Get it going, right? Get that thing going. Yeah. So so when you're telling <laughs> someone to just kind of do anything, you know, what would be some of those ideas, you know? Take an art class. Mm. Pull out silly putty. Blow mm. some bubbles. Mm. Um, anything, anything that, you know, taking a walk, play with your dog, go to the zoo. Something that takes you out of your head, something that a kid would do. Wow. For some reason, we stop playing when we're adults. Um, and then even then, sometimes it's really structured play. Mm-hmm. Just taking a little bit of time to do something that feels completely frivolous. And I think you'll know if you're on the right track, if you feel a little guilty. Oh. <laughs> because, because when you're, you know, we're, we're not supposed, we're supposed to be purposeful and get stuff done all the time and uh, have an agenda. And when we don't, when we just take some time to be ourselves without all of those thoughts, it's super helpful. It primes the pump. Wow. I, I love that idea that never occurred to me. Like, if you're feeling guilty about what you're doing, you're on the right track. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, that, that's yeah, great. Provided, provided you're not a sociopath. Right. Um, this is, yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a little, that little, like, oh, should I really be doing this? Ooh, yeah. A little disclaimer really there, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I love it. So, so th- th- you also ask a really important question, you know, is, is there something that feels intrinsic to your identity? You know, so th- this is an important question as, as people are unraveling, getting away from all the things they're supposed to be doing. Because when you look at your career, y- you know, it's not mainstream um, career, uh-huh. but yet it brings you great joy and you have a lot of fun and it's something that people really need in the world. So there's something that's very intrinsic to our identity that is actually extremely important, but we may overlook. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would give the example of, you know, I'm a total goofball. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of embarrassed of my goofiness my whole life. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, I really wanted to be sort of refined, kind of like a Princess Diana sort, you know, kind of regal and classy and Grace Kelly-ish. You know what? That's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm goofy. I'm silly. I Like you said, I swear I'm a real person. I'm I'm a goofball. And what's really funny is a lot of people that hire me say, the reason that I hired you is because when I saw your website or when I read your book or when I talked to you on the phone, I felt like there was such a connection because you're light and you're humorous. And I, I felt like you were real. Wow. And, and so that's, you know, it's the thing that I tried to squelch one thing, you know, there's several things, but one thing that I tried to squelch about myself because I thought it wasn't cool. It's not cool. Right. But it is, um, it's really cool. It yeah. 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 So, so, you know, realizing that that thing that, you know, it, the middle school girls, you know, tried to kind of glare out of me. <laughs> right. You know, um, that's just who I am. And so when I'm doing that, I'm myself. And when I'm not, I'm pretending to be somebody I'm not. And wow. so writing writing a book about spirituality with a lot of humor, that was the only way I could do it. Wow. Um, one of the things you talk about before we go to our next caller, you talk about mojo killers. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things that we do in our life or think about that are actually killing our mojo. And Strangling it, yes. <laughs> I, I just think that's so profound because, you know, a lot of times when we're reading self-help books, they're telling us what we're supposed to be doing all the time, right? And and we go, yeah, okay, that's a great idea. And we put down the book and, you know, we ha- people have a hard time really getting their mojo up and taking action. So I yeah. love that you have... And, and, of course, I'm looking at Chapter 13, Mojo Killer Number 6, really funny subtitle, Turning Tricks. <laughs> <laughs> so could you explain that one to us? Yeah, that one is selling out. So I had many titles for that, and uh, my husband was like, really, Keisha? <laughs> do you think you can do that? I said, yeah, I think I'm doing it. Um, so selling out is when we are just allowing something else to uh, I, I kind of thought of um, different people that I saw selling out in their careers. And yeah. you can tell that they're only doing it either for the money or for the security. Mm-hmm. It's not really lighting them up. They're going through the motions. Uh, so anytime you are doing a job that you don't really want to be at, we're selling out. Mm-hmm. It's selling out. Now, I'm not saying to quit your job. I'm not saying to, you know, sell all your belongings and and go to the Himalayas. But I am saying, really think about how you can incorporate more of who you are into your life. So even if right now you can't do that in your career, think about how you can incorporate what it is that you love into your life. And then it'll start to balance it out. And then who knows what you might be able to bring into your career or what other opportunities may come up as a result of you following more of what it is that you love. Right, right. And I, I'd still really love turning tricks because I think that you're, <laughs> no, it, cause, because this is a very important concept where so many people worry about how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to do this? Or uh-huh. that, or I have had many people that I've worked with who have enough resources. You know, they've been very yeah. wise. They've done great financial planning. You know, their mortgage is paid off or almost, you know, they've got great money in the bank. The, and they're exhausted from the work that they're doing. They don't, you know, they're not enjoying it. They like the money they're getting. And, and I think they're just good at finances regardless. But mm-hmm. they won't quit. 
They absolutely yep. won't quit. Um, I, I was very fortunate recently where I had a chat with a woman who I just, she was, she was too young to retire, but I could tell she had enough resources. I couldn't see her bank account number, you know, so I couldn't like mm-hmm. steal money from her and I didn't know exactly <laughs> how much money she had, but I knew she had enough. And, um, but her health was dwindling because she was just exhausted and worn out from doing something that she really didn't need to do. She did actually, I was shocked follow um, the suggestion and she retired and she's having so much fun and she's all filled up with energy and she's having a blast. So how do you help people feel safe and secure so that they can walk away from this thing that in their perception is something that they absolutely have to have in order to be safe? That's such a good question. That I think is one of the hardest things to do, at least for me in my work, is Giving, it's actually, a lot of people just need permission. Mm-hmm. So it's just sitting there with someone else, looking at your life objectively and saying, okay, so tell me, you know, where are you at? What is it that's stopping you? And what is it that you think is going to happen if you take this leap? And so many times it's actually about messages from their families. Um, one of my very favorite clients just retired at 51 mm-hmm. and she, you know, she had some messages from, like everyone does, that you're too young to retire. She's not retiring from life. She's retiring from a soul-sucking job. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she, she planned well, just like you're saying, but it was taking a really big toll on her health. And so I think that's a really good way to know is if your health sucks, look at when did that start? What are the thoughts that you're thinking when you think about that? Because when people get up in the morning and you're dreading what you do, and my gosh, so many people do. I've done it. You know, I know that it's hard to wake up in the morning and go to a job that you don't like. So I think one of the things that you need to do is start to do that job the most like yourself that you can do. So what I mean by that is I think sometimes we think that we're supposed to do a job a certain way. So whoever the person that trained you or your manager, or uh, you get an idea of how you're supposed to do your job. And you, it's like you take yourself, your personality out of the job. And once, once you sometimes just push your, put your personality back into your job and act like yourself, it's not what you're doing. It's how you do it. So, because I think that really squashes people. It makes them feel like drones when they can't be themselves. And I don't mean tell off a customer or, you know, behaving in some way that could get you reprimanded. But I do mean, you know, if you're a fun person, laugh. If you enjoy something, you know, decorate your cubicle that way. Do something that mm-hmm. lets you express who you are. I love it in your but, book you, you talk about. If you love to sing, you know, go to church and join a choir and do karaoke yeah. night. You know, sing in the car, the shower, or join a community theater. And, and you write in here that if you do those things you could meet some influential people who help you move into the direction of your dreams. Yep. You know, which is extremely important. I also love this part. You're so funny. Um, Costco cart syndrome. (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. It's a real thing. It is. No, because I don't shop at Costco very often for several reasons. Uh, One being that, you know, every time I go in there, I spend $500 and I don't, you know, I live alone most of the time, so I don't really need a gigantic roll of toilet paper. And I like to buy recycled toilet paper too. So even though it's not as comfortable, I feel better buying it. Um, but yeah, I've had it where I'm looking at everybody's cart, you know, I'm like, Ooh, what do they got in there? 
So. Yeah, that, their stuff is so cool. How come I didn't see that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then what I usually realize is I have that in my cart. It just looks so much better in someone else's. <laughs> yeah, it just sparkles in someone else's cart. Right, so... I don't know how that works. Yeah. So we, we have this fear of missing out, you know, and missing yeah. something, and that we are comparing what we've got the to what other people have. And and in that process, we miss all the cool stuff that's in our cart, meaning all the cool stuff that's inside of us, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's so sad. It's so sad when we look at other people and we say, oh my gosh, they're so smart. They're so together. They have everything going for them. And what's, what's wrong with me? How come I can't? So we're comparing our insights to other people's outsides. Right. And comparing despair is such a, it's such a painful harmful thing to do and uh, don't get me wrong I still do it but I catch myself <laughs> I, catch, I catch myself uh-oh compared to fair uh-oh. <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm looking at what's in her cart and I think it's better than what I've got in mine and and so but just remembering that somebody else is saying the exact same thing about you yeah. really they are right yeah yeah. yeah so. so why don't we, Benny, go to the phone lines? Who do we have? Sure. And if you'd like to join us on Marie's show, the number again is 877-825-8828. And we will take now Francis calling in from Seattle. So, Francis, welcome to the show. Hi, Marie. Hi, Keisha. I Hi. am super nervous to talk to you. <laughs> and it's because this hits home for me so, so much. Um, Keisha, your story of not knowing what you were going to do and having to struggle to get there resonates with me so, so much Um, because I kind of have known only recently, but I I know in my heart that I need, I'm really good at teaching, I'm really good at training, um, and I've had uh, other intuitives say that I'm someone that my words are what are healing for other people or comforting for other people. And yet, I look at traditional, conventional work. Um, I have a master's in counseling, but that is too, like, it's, it's too overwhelming for me, and I've thought about life coaching. But what happens to me is whenever I think, oh, I should go this direction, the fear comes up so strong that I just am paralyzed. And, and I kind of know where it comes from, but that doesn't seem to help. The knowledge of it doesn't seem to help. So yeah. it seems that it's really in my body and so I'm looking for assistance on how do I get it to move out of my body and the other piece is I don't have mentors in my life I haven't actually how do I put this I haven't lived the conventional life at all financially so even Mm -hmm. when I think about starting my own business I don't have a pattern I don't have um, anything in the back of my mind other than I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so. know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> have any mentors either. I know, um, but I know when I came home and I told my husband, by the way, my husband is completely on board now, but at the, and now he's doing financial coaching, <laughs> which I think is so funny because he gave me a really hard time in the beginning about this life coaching business. Did he really? He really did. <laughs> my gosh. And I never let him forget it. Um, but he, <laughs> he was. He said, "Kisha, how many life coaches do you know? This is not a real job." <laughs> and I said, "Well, only one. You know, Martha Beck. I don't know anybody. <laughs> now. Now I have about oh, I don't know, five hundred or seven hundred friends on Facebook that are all life coaches. So um, it's it's really interesting. But I, I think not having a mentor 
is actually it actually can be a good thing. What if I agree. I well, I'm, I'm so surprised by what you said, <laughs> but I one hundred thousand percent agree. So, and continue. You're doing great, of course. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> well, yeah. So you don't have a mentor. Cool. You can do it your way. What if you decide that your business is going to look exactly the way you want it to? So, say you're a coach, and and you have a coachy vibe. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, pretend you're a coach and you are trying to figure out, well, I don't know, what do other coaches do? It really doesn't matter what other coaches do. You do you. You do what you do. And I think it's just that confidence that that could actually be true. We make this way, we make this way more complicated than it needs to be because we're trying to make sure that we do things like good kids, you know, do it right. We're supposed to do it right. And I, I will tell you, I fall back into this all the time, where when I'm unsure, I'll look for some sort of safe path, and it usually ends up biting me in the butt later, uh, but what I notice is when I'm trying to do things by the numbers, some some way that I think is the, the polished, you know, perfectionistic way, I end up irritated, cranky, pissed off. It's not a good thing. It's, you don't want to see me like that, and I think that that actually hinders, it definitely hinders your mojo, for sure. So you're in a couple of different um, places here, Francis. First of all, fear is the number one deterrent to mojo. So I would actually say if you're feeling a lot of fear about doing something, that's actually telling you that you're on the right track. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Right? Yeah. yeah, because the, if let's put it this way. I, I always... I'm, I'm a terrible artist, and when I used to teach little kids and I'd draw something on the board, they'd say, oh, Mrs. Gallegos, that's okay that you're not a very good artist. You sing really great. You know, <laughs> those kids are so cute. Um, and so if I see someone else's amazing painting or drawing, I think, oh, my God, that's fantastic. That's so great. There's no fear about drawing badly in front of someone because I don't have any expectation that I'm a great artist. However... If I'm around someone who's an awesome coach or someone who's doing something that I'm really interested in and would love to do well, all of a sudden the fears start to well up in me. Oh my gosh, I could never be as good as them. They're so amazing. They have their, oh, I, they have the best story ever. I could never be like that. When those fears come up, that tells me I'm in the right place because I wouldn't feel that way if I didn't have something big to lose there. Does that make sense? It does if you put in a different topic because I, I, I don't mean to. I was raised Catholic, so I'm like, God, don't strike me down for saying something positive about myself. Mm. But <laughs> I know, right? I know that I'm really good with people. I teach right now and I talk with students after class, and they, they don't leave because we're talking about life coaching issues. My fear is all around going out on my own, turning that into a business, actually being paid for something that feels like you know, it's Francis, what we're supposed to be doing. You know, Francis, yeah. years ago when I first started my practice, um, in, oh, quite a while ago, I, I actually went to a Carolyn Mace conference and I wanted to ask her a particular question. And the question was about fear. I wanted to ask her, what was the difference between fear of success and fear of failure? Because I was really afraid of both, actually. And um, I was too afraid to ask her in public, um, so I cornered her in the hallway of the hotel we were staying in, and she was very lovely and gracious to me. And she said, fear is the same thing. So, 
you've got to stop trying to name what your fear is because it's not what you think it is. I think you're afraid of your magnificence. I think you're afraid of being really recognized for who you are and appreciated and valued. I, I don't really think that you're afraid of the whole business idea. I think that's just something that you've grabbed onto. You're afraid of, of being really successful. Um, and that's really what you're afraid of. But what's most important is that fear is fear. However you want to color it, dress it up, or drive it around, it doesn't matter. It's a block. And your job is to get out of it and start to tell yourself the truth. You're a smart, intelligent woman. Business is not that hard to figure out, and you can hire people to help you. It's, not, it's really a no-brainer. So it, it's probably time for you to stop using it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I know I'm a little direct. Talk but for Marie. I yeah, love it. it yeah, I'm cool. kind of a direct. I actually, I actually totally agree with you, yeah. and I think that's where that Marianne Williamson quote comes in uh, really nicely. Our greatest fear mm-hmm. is not, you know, and, and I can't remember the rest of it right now, but there, it's in the book somewhere. But just looking up Marianne Williamson's quote on, you know, yeah. who are you not to be? This right. is amazing. That's we're that's what we're born for. Yeah. So wouldn't it be sad if you thought it? Okay, so let's use the religions when she talked about that. If you were the creator. And you made Francis to go out there to be able to help people. And she's doing it in a limited capacity. How would you feel about that? Right. Well, I would feel absolutely crappy. um, (laughs) Obviously. That would be like, what an absolute waste of a life. Um, And and still, I'm I'm looking for what tool have either of you used? it seems like what you're talking about to get past the fear is using your left brain. And whenever I get into my brain, I analyze my way out of it. Mm-hmm. And that, that keeps me in, you know, n- not acting on my best behalf. So what, what techniques do you two use to get yourself out of that place? Yeah, that's a really good question. Literally, Francis, it's just acting. Yeah. It's when you, you come okay. out and you take a little tiny step just, you don't have to jump. Okay. Take a little tiny step. Notice that you didn't die. That no one, <laughs> no one around you is maimed. Okay. Yeah. That you survived. Right. And then go, okay, take another good deep breath. And then go forward, take another exactly. little tiny step. You don't okay. have to become a life coach tomorrow. You can well, stay at your job and you can start coaching people on the side. Exactly. You don't have to, you don't have to completely give up once. I think that all or nothing thinking when you said earlier, Marie, what was something that's stopping people. Mm -hmm. That's what I think a lot of it is. We think, well, either I'm never going to sing again or I have to be on American Idol. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of places to sing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I used to do um, is I would imagine there was a wall of fire in my brain and I'm on one side of it. And and I knew the fire wasn't real, but that's how I felt. I was that scared. I felt like I was going to have to walk through fire and I would force the image of me in my brain to walk through the fire every I would just literally push ah. and then I would see that oh nothing bad happened to me I, I would see myself on the other side of the wall unscathed and I would go okay and I would just take that next step so you know just okay. remember fear is fear it really has no logical meaning behind it it's the ego trying to scare the hell out of you so that you won't be right. the amazing person that you are and what we're well, all doing is we're learning to dance egoless and to be the joyful, amazing beings that we are. Thank you so much for calling in, Francis. We're going to take another break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Keisha, the little book of Big Mojo. We'll be right back.
magnetize your destiny with Affirm Your Worth cards created by intuitive self-healing author Marie Manucheri. These 50 cards build confidence and self-worth so you may magnetize a life on purpose. Within weeks, most people happily report surprising results. Visit energyintuitive.com to receive this life-changing tool. What's your passion? Maybe you want to help people. Or maybe you have a special passion for making our planet a better place. Bring your special passion to our airwaves. It's time your voice is heard. To learn just how affordable it is to join our family of broadcasters, log on to 1150kknw.com and click on the Be A Star tab. A whole whole new new world world awaits awaits you. Multiple sclerosis is trying to shut people down. That's what it does. MS disrupts signals, divides minds from bodies, pulls us from our lives and away from each other. MS destroys connections. So it's only fitting that connections would be its greatest enemy. Because as more connections form, maybe more questions will lead to more answers. Maybe more understanding will lead to more resources. Maybe more people sharing what they've lived through will lead to better lives. And if everyone touched by this disease, every person with MS, every family affected by it, every doctor treating it, and every individual who hears what this disease does, combine their efforts and knowledge and hope, then maybe the connections we make can become more powerful than the connections MS destroys. MS kills connection. Connection kills MS. Give what you know at msconnection.org. Marie Manucheri, RN and renowned energy healer, provides accessible instruction for helping you tune in to your health at a deeper level in her first book, Intuitive Self-Healing. Offering a compendium of illuminating case studies and practical self-care techniques, Marie invites you to learn more about the chakras, energetic preventative care, and tools for accessing intuition. Intuitive Self-Healing is available at Amazon.com and Energy and Intuitive.com. Open your ears, open your heart, open your mind. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. I've lost my mojo. And welcome back to the Manu Cherry Show. I just wanted to remind everyone that I will be at East West Bookshop teaching a Friday night course on vibration and a Saturday workshop on um, perception. So you can go to energyintuitive.com, go to the event page, or you can go to East West Bookshop's um, website. You're going to have to register with them anyway. These classes do fill up pretty quickly. So if you think you might want to take this class, then... You might want to give them a call or go to my website and you can go straight to that link. It's really, really fun. And we're going to be talking about vibration and shifting perception, which is extremely important when you're creating what you want in your life. It's invaluable to get out of the way, get clear, get out of the fear, like what we were talking about just a few moments ago with our guest, Keisha, and her beautiful book, Big Mojo, getting out of the fear so you can actually listen to divine intuition, you know, divine guidance. So um, welcome back to the show, Keisha. And you were, yes, of course, in your book too, uh, Mojo in Action, you talk about being vulnerable 
which I think is the true essence of power. So cultivating vulnerability. And you also have, of course, another thing to fill out. Um, you write, you say in here right now, um, three things you are a little afraid to be vulnerable about. Mm, and <laughs> yeah. So, so why do you think that's so important? Because it tells you what you care about. Wow. It does, because if you didn't care about it, you wouldn't feel vulnerable. Wow. Yeah, so it's a really good indicator. This is what really means something to me. This is what I care about, which is, you know, we were talking about the fear with the last caller. That's how we know that something means something to us. Wow. Yeah. I think that's really huge. You know, I really believe that when we're in our vulnerability, we're in our power, but I love the way you have said this because it allows people to actually do a check-in on themselves. Okay, I really care about this and I really care about... These are important things. And vulnerability makes us um, uncomfortable. So a lot of times we pull away from these things that are really important to us. Wow. That's that's beautiful. I I think we think think that negative emotions should never be felt. Mm -hmm. And I they really need to be felt and processed and moved through because they're indicating something to us. And it doesn't mean that we're doing something wrong. It can mean, just like I said, that it's telling us what we care about. The fear is telling Frances that she really wants to be a coach. Yes. Or she wouldn't feel scared about it. And she's fully educated. You know, she has her master's degree in counseling. So she already knows how to talk to people and care for them and all of those things. And and she says she's afraid of business, which, I mean, I can get. But it's really so much easier than I could have possibly imagined. Of course, I have a lot of people that help me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and in the beginning, you don't need a lot of help. You know, it's pretty easy arithmetic. It's, it's yeah. not complicated. No. And then as things grow, then you hire people to help you. Just like any successful business, that's what you do. Right? Well, remember being afraid to drive. Remember being, you know, before you got your driver's license, thinking, oh, my God. And then, you know, any, every idiot on the, has, has a driver's license. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, look how many businesses there are. My gosh, if you needed to be a rocket scientist, we would be in a lot of trouble. It, there's lots of businesses. Yeah, and tons. People, with, people with no education can have a phenomenal business. Phenomenal. I, I completely agree. And I also love that when we have something that we've done for a while and we could do it, it's always in the back burner. You know, like I could always go back to nursing if, if all of this were to fade away tomorrow. I could go right. get a job in a hospital somewhere. So, you know, when you have created something already that's valuable and useful in the world, you can always keep that as if you, you know, we don't really need it, but it's okay to have it in the back of your head. Like, well, if anything uh-huh. happened, you know, I, I could go be a nurse or a counselor uh-huh. or whatever you did in your life before you were a life coach. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I won't be going back to that, but I could. <laughs> and so what did you do? <laughs> well, I was a substitute teacher oh, for years. Yeah, but, but before but before that, I actually did readings for people. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I still do that. But, um, and so when I said not going back to that, I missed the substitute teaching. But um, the readings <laughs> are awesome, and they've taken on a whole different uh, Right, a whole term, different you know, meaning with, with for everything. you now. Yeah. You also yeah. write in your book, make a list of people within your circle of trust, people who have earned the right to hear your story. In other words, people you can trust to not use this information against you in the future. What, what people don't really understand, because so many individuals, uh, we're in a place of consciousness now, at least in North America and many other countries in the world, where we don't have to work on survival. Uh, even though people feel that way, I mean, we're mm-hmm. very blessed. We don't have to 
you know, catch our food. We don't even have to procreate. Mm-hmm. We have more than enough people on the planet. So true. Right. So and we yeah. have lots of kids available if we need them to. You know, we do. It's just <laughs> the reality of life. So when we're dreaming, if we share our dreams, our desires, you know, our fruitions that we've interpreted from our our beautiful selves, if we if we if we do that, if we share it with a bunch of people who are also wanting that but scared to step into it, a lot of times they'll send negative energy our way. They don't mean to. Um, it's I don't think it's conscious, but it's it is really important to share your dreams with people that you can absolutely trust, who will support and only be delighted in your success. Yeah, and sometimes that means not your family, sadly, you know, because people project their own fears onto you. So it, it's, it's not that there's a guy I've been coaching and he told his parents about a dream that he has and they decided to tell him all the things that could go wrong <laughs> yeah. with, with that dream. And, yeah. and, I, and I was really disappointed and I, I said, you know, they're trying to protect you. They really yeah. love you. They love they you. Don't, they, they don't get it. They're, no. they're, they're trying to, to troubleshoot for you so that you don't get hurt. Yeah. What they don't realize is that not going for what you want is hurting you more than that. Absolutely. We're going to go ahead and take our last call. Yeah, we'll squeak in one more before the end of the show. Shannon, you're the lucky one from Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Shannon, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here and nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were talking about vulnerability before. That's definitely how I feel uh, right now. <laughs> um, but my question is about seeing um, if I'm on the right path and maybe the next step to take um, and the best tool to sort of get there. I've been told by energy readers before that I'm intuitive, um, and I know that. I just don't know quite how to channel it and which direction within the energy world I should should take. So just, Go okay, ahead. Guide on that. Go ahead, Keisha. Well, <clears throat> okay, so I think the next step is just what do you feel curious about? Where, where do you um, into yoga? Yoga is um, something that um, speaks to me on a lot of levels, and I've wanted to do a teacher training, not necessarily to teach, but just to be on it at a deeper level. Um, every time I try to do it, something comes up, which clearly tells me I wasn't probably quite ready, or I'm holding myself back. Yeah, um, I don't think it's yoga. You don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, I don't think it's yoga. So, okay. uh, so help her again, Keisha. How, how can you help her to get to that place? Because she's using her logical mind in practical. Mm, yeah. And, and, and you're talking about feelings, which are a very different animal, but yes, yeah. the most accurate way of defining where we need to go next. Yeah, what, what do you feel magnetized towards? What do you, when you look through a magazine or when you are uh, going through TV or if you're in a bookstore or if you're looking through a catalog uh, for, for college courses, what do you feel magnetizes you? It draws you in and you, you're just, you're so interested in it that you can't look away. You find that it holds your attention. I mean, all things to do with spirit, like all things to do with um, religion, philosophy, you know, the history of that, um, how we apply it today, sort of the big picture. Yep. Okay, so what's one thing that you thought about doing in that arena that you thought might be fun but feels a little frivolous or uh, self-centered to do? 
I don't know. I mean, when you say that the first thing that comes to my mind is anthropology, but I don't really know how that applies. <laughs> you know what? I don't, and, and I don't care. I don't care how it applies. Yeah. It doesn't have right. to. So you're talking yourself out of it. Right. So, um, <laughs> so notice when you're talking yourself out of something, it's one thing if you just feel kind of blocked or not drawn to something. You just We're going to have to go. I'm so sorry. We're running out of time here on the show. I'm, I'm, and, and please go out and get Keisha's wonderful book, Big Mojo, The Secret uh, Decoder Ring to Unleash Your Superpowers. Um, where can they get it, Keisha? You can get it on Amazon or Yay. you can get it on iBooks or Nooks. It's the little book of Big Mojo. Great. And next week, um, thank you so much, Keisha, for being on the show. I love, love, love you. And next week, we're having Elizabeth Joyce on the show. She is a psychic, and she used to be a psychic detective Ooh. who actually worked with with solving crime. She's been on television. She's been on CNN, all kinds of beautiful things. She's going to give us updates about 2016 and what to expect. Ooh, intriguing. Intriguing. Keisha, you are amazing and a doll. Thank you so much for your work. I wish you all the best in the world and we wish everyone else joyful blessings. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.